Wonder World was simply Mad Max on jet skis. Not original and always very grim. Just what we want from Kevin Costner in an action picture. He's miserable on screen to all people all the time. All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. You don't like where this is going. Look away, look away. Like, I have a parent friend who, like, she's watched fucking Trolls World Tour, like, 17 times because her kid loves it. Like, Pixar, a movie a parent might actually enjoy or, at the worst, be like, okay, that wasn't, like, brain-numbing. Like, that's... <laughs> I think Trolls being the first one out of the gate uh, back when, you know, people were like, oh, my God, we've been in our homes forever. It's been two months. <laughs> they they yeah. got a lot of that. Uh, I don't Simpler know if that, yeah, I don't know if people are really that enthused anymore. Or you know, you could just get the fucking vaccine and you know, yeah, get on with God it. Fucking forbid. Um, all right, um, Waterworld, Dave. I hope you're Ugh. recording because I'm ready. I am. I I'm am ready for Waterworld. So this is a. Uh, I was shocked. This didn't make your list, or I guess any other list <laughs> from AFI. <laughs> Uh, this is Does the, AFI have a Razzies? Do they have like the worst? <laughs> you know, I'm glad you started there, Dave. Um, it seems like everyone is of that particular opinion. I, I have the Rotten Tomatoes up. It uh, There was no doubt this fits into the <laughs> yeah. paradigm that we've created for the show where I'm bringing, what, 68% and under? Yep. That's the rule. Yep. That we yep. arbitrarily this is, made. This is no friends with benefits, sir. <laughs> no, it is not on that line. Uh, this is forty-seven percent uh, yeah. with a bullet, and the That's audience better score, than I expected. Actually, audience score forty-three. So the critics Ooh. were <laughs> a slight pass, Ooh. a four percent pass. Whatever uh, RT tabulates that. Uh, I have a little story to start this one off. Uh, I'll go back to my childhood on this. Okay. So I am a product of divorce. Uh, my parents. Uh, had me and said, this is no good, uh, and went off and created, you know, Whoa, I have so many families. questions. My goodness. There's a lot there, buddy. Well, <laughs> I have I, concerns. I find it best just not to ask those questions. Um, I know you do. <laughs> so they, you know, they went off, got married and had two more children. So I've got, you know, a half brother, half sister over here, two half brothers over there. And, uh, so that, you know, as, as many children, uh, that uh, still are in contact uh, with both parents. Uh, I had, you know, every other weekend or like, you know, and every like Wednesday I'd go over to my dad's, that sort of thing. And so being a big movie guy and we're talking about mid nineties, me looking at like the USA today to see what the box office rankings were like, you know, pre, <laughs> I mean, not pre internet, but pre internet as we know it. Pre useful internet. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm glad that I had not yet, also discovered porn during the dial-up days because how frustrating mm. would that be uh no look mike you don't want to know it's it's a bad scene i well i, I could <laughs> say that now as far as how we've we've progressed you know on our last episode we talked about um the uh sort of pompous nature of the letterbox users uh holding classic cinema is like you know this is what you need you don't need that water world junk and i'm saying hey i just watched his girl friday 
I rate it lower than I did Waterworld on my letterbox <laughs> account. Uh, but porn is one where I may agree with them as far as, all right, we reached a point, a threshold where we have gone too far. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> so anyway, back to Waterworld. I, at the time, was uh, reading like Entertainment Weekly. That's really how the only way I was like sort of tapped in to whether movies had succeeded or failed in Waterworld for summer of 1995. It's probably the first one for me where it's like, oh, this is an upcoming disaster. This is going mm -hmm. to be terrible. The production is, is the costs have, are overrun and, you know, Costner's got a huge ego and this is, you know, stupid. They're filming on water. And then, you know, of course, two years later, Titanic comes out, all the same stories. And then it wins best picture and makes all the money in the world. But I'm reading this and I mentioned it to my dad and stepmother. I'm like, oh, yeah, apparently this is going to be, like, really bad. I remember her, like, taking me a task. Side unseen, why would you, like, throw in with those those people? She's like, have you liked Kevin Costner and other movies? I'm like, well, yeah. And <laughs> she's like, well, I mean, you know, is it giving you any reason for yourself that you wouldn't want to see him in a movie where it's just about him on the water? And I'm like, well, I guess not. Of course, that was before I saw that he had, like, you know, vaginas behind his ears like that's you know so i'm giving my stepmom credit for being like hey, hey, hey ease up but then of course she ended up being kind of wrong because there was a lot of stupidity at play just not the stupidity they were talking about yes so my dad i guess his experiment we takes me to go see it like you're gonna go see this one you know you gotta form your own opinion oh that was okay i mean it's you know other than the the gills behind his ears and thought some of the action was cool like i, I like some of the sequences and certainly it was interesting to see an, an entire action film set on water fine so i come back home <laughs> to my other family who knew like you know it's like man water world like it's gonna be a disaster and they had seen it without me i don't know why why was why was everyone <laughs> wanting to see, have me be the bellwether opening weekend on water world like what will mike decide like <laughs> <laughs> and they don't tell me anything they're like hey did you go see water world with your dad and I'm like, yeah, they're like, what'd you think? I was like, I, I thought it was okay. And they all started laughing at me, pointing and laughing. And they're like, we knew it. We knew he would be disagreeable with a critical consensus because <laughs> he just has to be different, doesn't he? I'm like, that was, Dave, that was a thought where as a product of divorce, I was like, I can't win here. Because on <laughs> one hand, my family's like, hey, don't listen to the crowd. You make your own decision. Like, don't be a sheep. And then I come back and they're like, oh, the you got to be, you got to be defiant. Don't you? You just can't go with the grain. Can't go with the flow. And I'm thinking, fuck all of you people. Every single one of you. Uh, I can't wait to be alone. And, you know, eventually I got my way. But that was the very first time where, and this is like far too casual now. I doubt like a younger person with the internet as we know it uh, will ever be able to, I guess, be totally sheltered from like what's coming up. Actually, maybe the pandemic was the last time where it's just like, mm. Hey, something just popped up on my streaming box, but everything is so, uh, marketed to the teeth now that I just can't imagine oh, yeah. someone could just stay outside of the conversation. Uh, like, can you imagine having no opinion of Zack Snyder's justice league? And you just oh happen, just happen to <laughs> click on it on your little hey. Apple TV or Roku. And you're like, Oh, what's this? Uh, I just can't, I can't fathom that now. But Waterworld, for me, was the first time where it's like it was necessary for some reason to have an opinion before mm -hmm. the thing was even playing in theaters. So I don't know. I don't know if that means that, Dave, one day long ago, you you didn't know any of these Kentuckians with this, this poor kid with horrible parents on both sides, um, <laughs> <laughs> that it was going to affect you. But it was because when we started this podcast, I thought, I'm going to get to Waterworld. And today, 
That's if I'm not lazy with the edit. Today is Earth Day, or it should have been. <laughs> we are celebrating Waterworld, and it's divisive Just pretend nature. like it's Earth Day. Will it make a difference? Come on. It'll be I, fine. I think that if we just title the episode Earth Day, no matter when we release yeah. it, people are going to be like, oh, I guess. Okay. I, cool. Sure. <laughs> Good enough. Dry land is not a myth. I've seen it. Kevin Costner, Waterworld. Yeah, so for me, this is a movie that I saw. I was actually very excited to see this movie when it came out. Oh, so you um, didn't have your mom or dad calling you an idiot for your excitement or challenging you on your response I mean, I th- to the water. I think they were just kind of like, I think they've given up. They're kind of unaware. <laughs> <laughs> like at that point, like whatever, he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, My parents will appreciate is, that you're saying they were trying to mold and shape me. They were trying to parent properly. And you're yes. like, he's a lost cause. He wants to see Costner. Well, well, what year, what year did this come out? 95? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I was like 16. By this point, so the, you know, is that the point when you give up on children, Dave? <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were like twenty-seven, but I'm like sixteen. Still seems young enough to wear. Well, I mean, I think in the game. I think in terms of like the movie thing, they're like, oh yeah, Dave's just going to fucking see everything, like whatever. Okay, <laughs> we'll ask him what he thinks of it. But there wasn't like there wasn't a thing where I was judged harshly for my opinions. I think this was prepping you for the podcast world. It's actually I guess so. Good. Yeah, yeah, like this. Stuff that just seems innocuous, like, oh, Ant-Man. And it's like, fuck you and your family for your opinion on Ant-Man. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, take a breath. I like when he gets small. That's fun. That's right. <laughs> that's all I've got exactly. for Ant-Man. Yeah. Exactly. So this movie, yeah, it's one of the first movies I remember hearing this level of negative publicity about before mm-hmm. it came out. Good. Like, it's kind so of you, like... It's, you got it in California you know, as well then. The oh, hate. yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, it was... It was nationwide if not worldwide all you heard was most expensive movie ever made drastic amount of reshoots because of like storms and you know days whole days being lost um as far as filming so you're like oh god it's gonna be terrible and then i the story i most vividly remember is kevin cost the kevin costner ego story that like they made posters with him on it and there were like hundreds and thousands of these things printed and he saw it and he was like I don't like my hairline in that. Stop the presses. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I'm looking at the poster now. There's it cuts it off. It's yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. Wow, power move. I like I like this movie more. I'm gonna bump this <laughs> yeah, up a half exactly. star. That sounds like a Deniston move if I've ever heard one. I don't like my hairline in that shot. You're gonna my stop it. Letterbox review was. Um, Kevin Costner is a god because there's a scene where the little girl makes fun of his hair and he throws her <laughs> off the boat. And then the, I knew, I knew the, like the punchline is she can't swim. I, I, hilarious. I, I was like, this man. In a world covered in water, she can't This swim. is a movie star. Fuck, talk about my hair. There you go. To your death. Girl. In the drink, kid. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it was, and I, you know, I saw it on opening night. I saw it. This is back when opening night meant you had to go at midnight it wasn't this like oh <laughs> our first show's okay. at seven o'clock <laughs> like my, my parents is... were giving me shit uh and i was i was hoping to you know be in one of those uh like dickensian tragedies where i'm like oh no know. <laughs> but my you, story is worse yours is yeah yours is worse now yes midnight showing of Waterworld. okay that's a, yep. that's a bit much they should have been giving you hell why was i but i all this shit? but i will say that theater was packed that midnight showing is was it the full. 
the uh, the car wreck aspect of it? Yeah, people, the curiosity factor. A hundred percent. Because with like I think within the first ten minutes, like people were laughing. Like they were they were ready to despise this movie because it got all that bad press. So it's like, okay, I gotta go see this terrible thing. And we go in with that mindset. I always try to go in hopeful. Even if I'm pretty sure it's not a movie I'm going to like, it's not in my wheelhouse, it's with an actor I don't like or done by a director I don't like, but it's still like, okay, I hope this surprises me. Um, and I watched this movie and, I mean, luckily I don't think at this point I had seen Mad Max, so that's probably a good thing because you can, you can see the fingerprints of uh, Mad Max all over this movie. This is Mad Max in the water instead of uh, is it a, a better landscape. movie if it's just called Mad Max? On the yep. water, if it's yeah. the, the character of Mad Max. <laughs> if they called it Mad Max colon Waterworld, I think it would probably be a better movie. Like, that's that's fine. Uh, and I walked out of it, I think, similar to the way you you responded to it this time. It was like, that was all right. Like, it's not, it's not offensively bad. It's not – I wouldn't go as far as to call it good. Um, I think Dennis Hopper is probably the only person who knows the movie he's in. He knows it's ridiculous and silly, and he Which plays usually it to eleven. The villains do. Um, yeah, I actually was more impressed with probably Costner watching it as an adult than I was mm. as a kid. As a kid, I thought, "Well, he's kind of boring." Um, and I, you know, I understand the uh, usually the hero is the the stoic uh, kind of dullard to, in some regards. Um, uh-huh. Maybe it was the attack of his hairline, which you know, now hearing about this poster uh, fiasco that it's kind of impressive that they had a, a character verbalize hey maybe you should cut your hair stop hanging on um <laughs> i would have liked it more i mean maybe afterwards he's like look i'm just a little sensitive about the fucking gills that they you know behind my ears they cover that up like is that meant to be the reason that costner has long hair because it doesn't no benefit the sort of straggly look that he has here um mm-hmm. but <sighs> You know, I think now I'm like, oh, like he he's like playing this really unlikable. And that's kind of cool. There's there's certainly no quips here. I think the closest you get to it is when uh, is it a triple horn? Um, yeah, Gene Triplehorn uh, saves him from like the, the mud pit the tomb or whatever. <laughs> like yes. and she's like, look, if I let you out of this. You got to take us with you. And he just says, sure. That's the closest they get to like being <laughs> to telling a joke, uh, just because it's total situational comedy there. Uh, but certainly as a child, I thought, yeah, like they should, you know, what's with this guy? Like, they, why didn't they have someone that, uh, like, you know, Keanu Reeves, the summer before in speed is certainly playing stoic, but he's likable. Like you never like are thinking like, who would everyone be around this guy? And like Costner's really embracing the, these sort of loner, like it's very surly. Yeah, yeah, um, to the hilt. And I don't know if the whole the the spunk and spirit of a precocious child is what can change a man who lives in a water apocalypse. But I guess that's the messaging: is that if you teach a kid to swim, you take some responsibility for them forever. You're like Chewbacca, like you owe a life debt to this child now for teaching them how to survive. I don't know. My parents didn't feel the same way because they taught me how to swim and now they're giving me shit about my interest or or lack of interest they in the water swim world. They split up. Yeah. They were done. Yeah. Um, but I did, I, I liked it more now. I mean, I, I still think it's a curious choice considering that, yeah, the only lively character is the villain who is just chasing them. Uh, it's very Mad Max in that regard. It's just one big chase movie. Uh, Gene Triplehorn 
you know, she's not Sandra Bullock to go back to speed. It's like, you know, she's not representing the, like, oh, okay, we've got the quiet hero, so we'll have someone with the gift of gab telling all the jokes here that the hero can bounce off of. Uh, and he's not uh, Han Solo. He's not Harrison Ford, who's gruff, but always wants to have a joke ready, like a very pointed jab at somebody. Uh, it's it's an odd duck. For it to be known as, like, this is the most expensive movie at all time, they didn't really play it safe as far as the likability of the characters. Because I would say that man, woman, and child here are all different levels of annoying. And those are the ones you're rooting to survive and find dry land. You've been there, haven't you? Dry land? You know where it is. Yeah, I know where it is. And, uh, and we're going? You and I are. Kid, we've got to pitch over the side. What? My boat's tore up. I'm taking on water. I'd be lucky to get half a hydro ration out of that. Yeah, I said I won't drink. For 12 days? No, it's better one of you dies now than both of you die slow. Wait, wait. You saved your life. We got you out. No, you got me out so you could get out. Or even. She can cook. She can fish. So can I. Then take my necklace. Take my necklace. I got better ones below. No, look! Oh. What you went through back there on the atoll, I can understand why you would want to. Is there something else then? Enola, go below. Enola? Yeah, I... Jean Triplehorn is a really interesting actress to me because she's she's one of those that I kind of wish had had a bigger career than she did because she has a even in the most ridiculous movies and I think this movie counts as ridiculous has a genuineness that I feel like kind of drawn to as an audience member and you you even get that here and maybe the only time especially early in the movie that you actually like Costner's character is when she asks him like why didn't you take me when I offered myself to you. And his answer is like a very human answer. Like, you didn't really want that. That's why. And it's like, oh, there is a good person underneath here. And it's, but it's, I think most of, I think she's doing most of the lifting in that scene. Because you can see the, like, the kind of pain on her face. And also from the pain on her face in the actual scene that they're talking about. And I think she's actually really good here. I don't think she's given a lot to do. Um, There are a lot of moments of her, like, kind of taking charge and, it gives all it ends up doing is giving him moments to like give her, shit. her right right when why would why would she know like she's on a mystery ship in the middle of the ocean like yeah stoic hero does a good say, shot doesn't say anything to her uh goes below deck um under the reasonable assumption that he's just uh trying to remove himself from where bullets are flying at their face right. and right. she's like okay i got i have to save our ass here and he comes up oh my god you press that button that's you how you went about idiot. it 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly mean spirited in that regard. And yeah, she's apologizing one second, and then she's like, "Wait a minute, fuck you!" Like the next. So it's not one big happy family here, and there's not. Yeah, there's not the romantic chemistry. There's also not the rapey vibe, which is, I guess, surprising when you're going back to, this isn't like quite that old. This might've been around the time. Like if you're going back to the eighties, uh, certainly there's going to be a lot of that happening here. Uh, I did, I didn't know if I find it amusing or I guess forward thinking on Costner's part that the reason his character finds himself in this whole mess, uh, of protecting this young girl and the quest for dry land is that he won't have sex with presumably an underage girl uh, to help further procreate the species, which you're getting into post-apocalyptic world and it's already sort of dicey terrain anyway in that regard. Um, But yes, it is the man that won't have sex with a child where it's like, what's up with him? Like there's something suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's the gills, his vagina gills that are stopping him from being a real man. Like it's like, I don't, I don't like this at all. Um, I wish that was a line in the movie. Yeah, Yeah, I should, I should write for for movies. Brilliant. I don't think that one would make it, make it past the first draft. I think. I mean, you uh, could be an old joke writer. You know, they used to have, I think, uh, like Joss, Joss Whedon was like a script doctor from this time could period. I, could I not be associated with Joss Whedon right now? Well, I mean, he, you know, he would make, I don't know, like, you know, a couple hundred grand to come in and do his usual bullshit. Uh, I'm just yeah. saying you could be, uh, I'll compare you to, uh, who else can I throw out there? Uh, oh, no. Joss Whedon, uh, Dave, and Woody Allen. That's, I'm going to put oh, those three. Because Woody <laughs> Woody Allen, I think, got to start just selling jokes for like 10 bucks a pop to like newspapers and other comedians. Mm. That could have been you, you know, 50 bucks for that, that yeah. one line about mm. the uh, him not being a real man because of his vagina gills. <laughs> Great. You know what? That is a good line. Now that I heard someone else say it, that's, that's pretty solid. That's, that's solid. If, as long as the actor delivers, delivers it with com- complete sincerity. Like, it's like I, wait a minute. Like, it's a Nim Night Shyamalan moment. I've figured this out. I've cracked this nut. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, but I think, and this would come as no surprise to anyone who's listened to his podcast before, the worst part of this movie is that goddamn kid. Holy shit. Like, it's I, always... I, couldn't have been happier when he threw her in the ocean like i was just like at that at that point you don't know she can't swim and it's it's legitimately funny when this happens like and i think you're supposed you're not supposed to read it that way but this kid is so obnoxious that it's hard not to laugh when bad things happen to her the old like hollywood rule of like don't work with children animals or on water uh they don't have the animals pit but they certainly yeah two for three (laughs) yeah they're like chosen i don't even know plot wise how this makes any sense because you know the you know we're gonna spoil uh this film that is now um what 26 years old you know uh, coming yeah. up this summer that you know the, the map on the kid's back uh it's like she she was the message in the bottle for sure. is what i guess we're to assume when they <laughs> they find dry land and it's like the first hut they come to uh, which was in pretty good condition considering it's been, you know, there's skeletal <laughs> remains, uh, a little, I guess, good rough construction. Drafts, yeah. Rough drafts okay. of the uh, tattoo they're going to put on their like fucking baby or whatever, like, uh, or a uh, toddler. She has like brief memories of what life was like and animals. And they just, what, threw her in the ocean and just, or someone <laughs> took her. I don't, I don't understand. Like it's, and you know, she's the connection to dry land, 
Uh, and this happened within the last, I don't know, eight years, nine years, however old she is. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it does make me think that this was a, a pitch. Like you're saying, Mad Max on water. It's like, you know, what if there was no land? And, you know, what, what do people do? Well, the villains have an endless amount of oil <laughs> and cigarettes and, and fucking sea dews that they can just fly around on. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, like it's so enjoyable, but like, as soon as the sea dews show up, I'm like, not like I'm like, oh, I'm over this movie, but like, I, I do feel a little bit like I'm coming at it, enjoying it from the wrong angle where I'm just like, oh God, I mean, here we fucking go. So, <laughs> you know, there's, there's clearly big fans for like the Burton Batman movies. Um, and I, I think it's when Schumacher came in that the, the accusations are like, oh, this is just to make like happy meals and toys. Mm-hmm. And I believe on, uh, on one of them, probably the Batman and Robin commentary that Schumacher was uh, quoted as saying like, yeah, they had to like, put this costume in and this character and this vehicle, because they basically said, we knew we need new toys to sell. Like, you know, you have mm-hmm. to, you have to change it up just for no discernible reason other than we need something else to package and sell. But Waterworld, <laughs> these guys have their ramps and they're going to attack the city on their, <laughs> their sea deuce. It feels <laughs> like someone at universal studios is like, we need a theme park attraction. Uh, we've got well, this. They were, they did make a movie like out two of or it. Th- they did plan two or three video games, so maybe that's what they were angling towards, like these big video game moments. Well, you, you know, did they look at? Uh, I don't even know if what Wave Race for Nintendo sixty four that wasn't even oh. out yet. That's the only one I can no. I can go back to. But I remember even as a kid thinking like this is a weird thing to have a whole game based around like one level. <laughs> right. Yes, but Jesus, yeah, um, exactly. And that's kind of the movie. Like I, I think. Chase. I think they do as well as they can with this being a chase movie, a road movie on water. Because mm-hmm. you you would think, well, this is kind of limiting as far as you know. The first off, the scenery doesn't change. They're in I'm, right. They're in a just blue. They're in a tank <laughs> or they're somewhere. You know, filming this and it all looks the same. Um, and how many you know rapey young travelers of the road can they meet and then dispatch with? But I think they are as creative as they can be with the action. Mm -hmm. Now, if you (laughs) – I think you can – the seams show through as far as how – when it comes to the effects, how they stitch things together. uh, It is still a transitional movie from what we know of as like modern effects work. Like it's that amalgamation of like, well, computers can fix this. And it's like, "Mm, no, Mm, we can't. can't, Not this. (laughs) I seem to remember a horrific rumor that uh, they said at the time everyone's on Costner's ass that they use CGI to fill in his hairline and and the patches and I'm like come on man that just like we watched the movie like if someone did they did a piss poor job because it's right. <laughs> just put, put a wig on him like at that point like why why throw the money at it but Costner was I guess off bodyguard and was that his last big I think yeah I think huge so. hit. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the end of it, right? But he he went back to the well for post-apocalyptic shit with the Postman, which I've the never postman. I've never seen. Yeah. Uh, but that was seen as like Waterworld two or like a Waterworld yeah. sort of air apparent didn't happen. Yeah, yet. yeah. I mean, I did. You know, it, it's interesting to because I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen this since I saw it in the theater. Like this is the first time in twenty five, twenty six years I've seen this movie, and I don't remember seeing the action sequences and being like, "Oh God, this is ridiculous!" Like I can see the seams, all that stuff. But definitely watching it now, that's definitely there, and it made me kind of 
want in this movie more of the underwater sequences because there's very there's very little of that, but that stuff's actually really cool. Like seeing him kind of propel himself um, because you know he's you know whatever this mutant. Um, and I I wonder if this is like a more interesting movie if you have some other villains who can operate underwater um along alongside him so then you have patrick wilson is that what you're looking for yeah you know what i was (laughs) as i was saying that i was like yeah like aquaman uh yeah absolutely i think that would be a lot of fun and it would you know but instead we have you know storming the castle with sea dudes uh (laughs) so you know it's like okay but it's still like even though you can see the seams as you mentioned i don't think it ever loses its sense of fun in those moments like that, you know, even the moment where he's walking up alone, it's a very like man with no name Western moment. And that stuff still works for me. Like, I think it's I think there are moments. This is an easy movie, especially back then to kind of shit all over. But there's some good stuff in here. This is not it's seen as like one of the biggest failures of all time. I've heard people call it one of the worst movies of all time. And it's certainly not like I'm sure it's probably not even the worst movie of the year it came out. There's just so much behind it. There's so much money. There's so much expectation. The weight of that, I think, kind of damages it. So the idea of this being terrible, I think, is very silly. But the other thing I find silly, Mike, and this is – we talked last episode about people watching classics and feeling this pressure to love them. And strangely, I feel like there's also that pressure with maligned movies as well to find these misunderstood classics, right? And you can blame, you know, companies like, you know, like Shout that like re-release these maligned movies. So then like it kind of builds up this anticipation. Like why would they – why would they promote this if there's not something really great about it? So I think sometimes people go into it and they're like, no, no, this is the misunderstood classic. This is, oh, there's a different cut of this that solves all of its problems. I'm like, man, if that cut existed, it would have come out a long <laughs> time before, 26 years after its release. Um, so what do you think about that portion of like the kind of film fandom that's kind of feels like it's constantly searching for that classic that we somehow missed? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting considering, you know, the premise of this show is what are the what are the thousand one movies that you should see before you die? And uh, certainly, my having used Letterboxd, um, I would say more than I should, but it's actually just being it's just being revealing about who I am as far as this is <laughs> these are the amount of movies I watch. I, I watch a lot of them. Uh, you know, that's that's right. my hobby of choice. Um, that's always interesting in the sense of you don't you, you don't have enough content to you, you right. can find stuff that you don't have to uh, you don't have to dust off you don't have to like try to imagine what could have been I mean I think that it makes for interesting reading and the the problem is it tends to have affected the the nerdier properties like I'll go to Blade Runner as one as far as the had. No, 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 no. It's like, you know, what the, 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 the voiceover and it's like, you got to watch the director's cut. That was that, that, you know, going back to Waterworld, as far as my first experience with, uh, having a strong opinion side on scene, um, Blade Runner is the, probably the first time I can remember as a child, like, wait, what, which one am I supposed to watch? Like, which yeah. one is the real one? Uh, which is a weird thing that to say. That one has so many yeah. cuts, like maybe more than any other movie that's ever come out. But like, it's, I think it's got five different versions you can watch and you know they they kept going back to it and i'm like you know sam raimi with evil dead they just 
basically printed a new edition with a new cover. Yeah. You know, they just, <laughs> just put two on it. That's... <laughs> they just they just wanted more money, and so they they just gave it to you. And and they realized that Bruce Campbell was funny, so they're like, let's let's focus yeah, on that. Let's go on that. Of the um, so it's interesting. Like you know, I'd say Blade Runner for me is the first one, and certainly the the Snyder cut. Um, it's my agreement with those <laughs> sociopaths, I guess, is that uh, it is cool for, for Zack Snyder, for Ridley Scott, whomever, to say, no, no, this is actually what I intended. So if I'd had a little more time, a little more money, or a little less interference, uh, this is what uh, I, I would have intended audiences to see uh, if all of it had worked out. Um, you don't see that, though, with, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that directors don't come out quickly you know, the Coen brothers make no country for old men. I don't remember them having reviews where like, yeah, this isn't quite what I wanted, but I got that, got that best picture trophy. And, you know, we, now we, we've got the, the Oscars and the awards, like, but you have to assume that even in films that are highly regarded as, as perfect instant classics, that there was some sort of decisions they had to made make where it's like this wasn't exactly what i wanted but this is a collaborative process and for whatever reason i'm going to lose this battle it's only with like the water worlds where it's like no no they they, they couldn't have just misfired <laughs> they couldn't have made else. a movie this bad <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's the ones like this where there's there are elements to it i'm looking at uh, ebert's review um where he says i think he finishes his review um let's see I remember some of the sights. This is the, the last the last two lines of his review of Waterworld. I remember some of the sights in Waterworld for a long time, but I won't necessarily want to see them again. I think there's that, that aspect of it where you can probably find things that you like, even in movies that do miss the mark or you consider bad. But it, it's almost like, well, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't enjoy parts of a bad movie. I know it's bad. So if I'm enjoying it, it must have actually been good. And the bad stuff was added in because I can't, my, my antenna can't be wrong. I can't be so far afield from what everyone else thinks. So there's right. something here. I'll discover it. I'll, I'll unearth it in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, as a kid, I just thought I, I liked when, uh, when Costner jumps from the air a lot. <laughs> like, it's cool. Uh, it's fun. Yeah. I, and I mean, the, he flies through the air off the boat because of, that goddamn Gene Triplehorn doing stuff on, you know, touching things. And he, he goes into the, into the drink, as you put it, the kid goes into the drink. She goes into the drink. All of that is fun. Uh, and at times it's like a cartoon because, you know, and Dave, as you will know, in movies, water never hurts someone. It's just like nope. you fall into a mattress or pillows. That's uh, right. Not concrete when you're flying, Ooh. you know, 90 miles an hour, <laughs> 50 feet in the air, <laughs> smashing down on water with a great deal of resistance. Yeah. No problem. I think there. it just, to answer your question, just comes down to an understanding of, uh, you know, your, your palette uh, for films can change even within the same two hour runtime of one singular mm-hmm. film where it's like, you know, parts of it are working and then eh, this, I don't like this as much. You know, I wish they hadn't done this, but um, I also try not to, I think like a lot of people uh, in my head, like, Oh, here's how I want the movie to go going forward. And it better, it better hold up to my imaginary <laughs> script uh, or right. I'm going to hate this. Uh, sometimes you just have to give into it. And I think that's probably something that you miss though with more age and more films watched, you have more to compare it to. And like you as a, you know, a 16 year old that your parents had given up on, uh, <laughs> I, I saw it and I just watched it. And I'm like, okay, let's just, 
let's just see if this is good or not. And then just went for the ride and came out with a terrible podcast opinion that uh, this is okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right in the middle. No, but I think, I think you bring up a good point that I think especially folks on, you know, quote unquote film Twitter, it's like there has to be, and the same can be said about podcasts, that, that there has to be this definitive everything is good or everything is bad. Um, and I think that's nonsense. Um, you know, a movie that you and I both dislike, uh, it was very popular, Man of Steel, mm. uh, made a bunch of money. I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a good Superman movie. But um, I think uh, the villain is great. Uh, and he's, you know, as always, Michael Shannon is wonderful and like very enjoyable and knows that he's in a comic book movie. And like, I legitimately have a recording on my phone of his line reading of (laughs) on a farm. It's one of the greatest comic book line readings of all time. And I can hold on to those moments and be like, that was enjoyable. doesn't mean the movie was good, but it doesn't mean I can't enjoy those moments. Just like you can enjoy Kevin Costner's terrible hairline, Kevin Costner throwing a child in the ocean, him, you know, propelling himself underwater and shooting out. Like, it's great. Gene Triplehorn's sad face matching her sad butt. Like, I mean, it's a, I think it's actually a butt stand in, but it's like, this is a very fit woman, very attractive. But that, yes. I remember even, you know, I, I had to be burgeoning on, uh, uh, I think I was about to become a teenager. I think I maybe Costner set the the scene enough for me where I'm like that's the saddest nice ass I've ever seen on screen. It's just <laughs> all of this is depressing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't see yeah. that line in uh, Ebert's review. Saddest yeah. nice ass I've ever seen. Saddest butt. No, yeah. didn't didn't make the cut. That must have been uh, one of you know the the first draft jokes. That's the Woody Allen joke in the yeah. <laughs> Ebert review. It was that's this it. Dave character saying this bullshit. <laughs> I mean, that just sounds like you. That's <laughs> yep. That was uh, that was our His Girl Friday watch. That was one of the thoughts in my head. And as soon as I had that thought, I'd missed fifteen pages of dialogue. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> lost again. All right, here we go. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, Waterworld. I was. I think I found myself expecting it to be worse. Uh, because it had been so long since I'd seen it, so I knew the special effects probably wouldn't hold up because they rarely do. Um, and just kind of general, I've, I've been interested, like the general consensus of it being terrible. And then people I know online who I know like terrible movies loving it. So I'm like, uh, well, this probably is going to be good. So I was like kind of pleasantly surprised by this watch. Like, it's not something that I'm like, Ooh, I got to buy this. I got to go watch this a bunch more times. Yeah, I noticed you weren't uh, sending me a 4k code for this one. I'm like, yeah, Dave didn't didn't go out of his way for this one. It didn't get the unfaithful treatment. Mm. No, it didn't get the immediate purchase uh, as soon as I saw it. No. And it uh, doesn't have Diane Lane. So I think that should be the lesson. No, it's got it's, sad butt, not uh, <laughs> sexually supercharged ass like Diane That's Lane right. is well known That's for. That's right. On that note, Dave, uh, what uh, sexually supercharged cat fight are you bringing uh-huh. to the table next time around? Oh, that's right. Um, so we're going to watch a movie that is... I think on just about every best of list you can imagine, um, we're going to watch All About Eve. Um, So I'm looking forward to that because I own a copy of this, but it's been a long while since I've watched it because it is a great movie, but it's not in like all great movies. It's not something you can just like kind of pop in and watch in the background. Like there's there's a lot to it. Um, So I'm it's I think in a lot of ways kind of known as kind of the Hollywood movie. 
like a movie about Hollywood with gigantic stars of the time. Um, and I don't know if Mike has seen this, so I'm looking How forward to you. talking about. I did a podcast on this with our uh, buddy Hiro. That doesn't count. That that doesn't. I think count. it was one of our <laughs> longest episodes, uh, and we also did one of the uh, Stars Born. So I can't remember. Maybe the Judy Garland. She in one of those. I think she is. Okay, I think it was that one. You and I both agree on the negatives of uh, A Star Is Born. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know what? I, I will say that uh, it's okay that you skip that one because I don't remember any of my thoughts or comments from oh, that experience. So, um, <laughs> if I do have a diehard fan, they may very well just be like, "Man, he said all these same exact jokes and things." <laughs> Seven years ago, I, I hopefully apologize. it's that and not like now he's just lying. <laughs> like I know Wait, he hated this the first time around. What's happening? Yes, you can't you can't take. We me grow, seriously. we change. The only yeah, thing you can take so. seriously from me on a podcast about movies is when I say uh, it was pretty good. That's <laughs> that's usually <laughs> yes. always an honest assessment. Yes. Pretty good. Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it, but I think there is one movie that we can depend on Mike's opinion staying the same as, and it will be coming up. After all about Eve, so look forward to that. I, I'm I'm going to go to the commentary track on that one. I'm looking forward to giving multiple <laughs> watches. But yes, you have to download the next episode, which will be our uh, Academy Awards special, which will probably come out uh, after the uh, Academy Awards. <laughs> eh, nobody's watching that shit anyway. It's no fine. one's watching <laughs> that. No one's uh, listening to us. Uh, it's all just an abyss here on off-screen death. <laughs> Jesus, perfect ending. <laughs> All just an abyss <laughs> off screen death. Goodness. Forget third act trouble. This is all just premise. There's no second act. There's no third act. You got it. Okay, when we come back, more of the year's worst movies, including a category we're calling stupid superheroes. Double whammy. Double whammy.